airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Excuse me. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will try to open the phone lines up in the last segment. I don't know. I'm having a little bit of an issue with my throat here. Uh-oh. You would, you would think that this is the first time that I've spoken all day, which is... <laughs> <laughs> no, impossible. Actually, come man, let me... I've used many <laughs> of my words. Like, I, I think we have a certain amount of words that women and men use every right. day. That's what I, I can't hear. remember what the difference is. I think it's like a difference of thousands, actually, mm. words, if Makes I'm sense. not mistaken. Makes sense. Right? Women tend to use more words. Yes. By the time we're doing the show... I think I've already used like my day's allotment. <laughs> and when we're doing the show, that's going into tomorrow's allotment yeah. that I have. So well, it's just I'm, that I'm you're, always in the negative. You're an exceptional woman. <laughs> that's good, Will. That's a good one, man. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're getting better with, with years saying, of marriage. You know, that's right. You're that's not really like good. the normal, you know, <clears throat> so you don't use the normal yeah. amount of words. So, Boy, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Husbands. You take note right there. <laughs> yep, you put that one in your back pocket. You can use that later. Um, hey, we've got um, a lot that we want to talk about today. And mm-hmm. I know that the time will get away from us. Of course, I have a I have a follow-up story to the main one. But I'm just thinking, I won't even mention it because I'm thinking we're probably not going to be able to get to it. So it'll probably be a holdover for Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say tomorrow. But tomorrow is sort of a, it's a gumbo show. Yeah. Um, a little bit lighter. The story is a heavier story. So we'll just see how it all goes. The Lord will lead and we trust him to do that. Um, But I I wanted to have a discussion on air with Will the Great about um, an article that I read. It's a Politico article um, looking at what is happening in the Black Lives Matter organization. And the organization appears to be splintering. The thing that's interesting to me is the way that the organization is splintering and the time frame in which the organization is splintering. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say that this is what happens, and, and we'll make the case here, but this is what happens when the people of God pray, mm-hmm. right, that the Lord God will be glorified, that when there are deeds of darkness that are exposed, mm-hmm. that uh, the people of God will respond accordingly. Um, and, and I think the number one response, like when, when there's something that is revealed that you, you know, you didn't know, then you learn um, the people of God must respond, must yeah. either take action. It's something that you do. It's it's something that you pray. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can't remain indifferent when there is, you know, the exposure of wickedness. We learn that there's wickedness going on. Uh, you don't just say, oh, wow, isn't that something? Right. right? So Christians are supposed to pray. Um, let's see. In August, on August the 18th, our brother, um, Abraham Hamilton, on his program, The Hamilton Corner, uh, presented a shocking um, but believable expose Mm -hmm. of um, one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter uh, organization, 
who basically was uh, revealing that, you know, that at least she and, and possibly others are dabbling in witchcraft when right. they are chanting people's names oh, and yeah. asking you to chant their names and um, that they're conjuring up spirits. That's, I mean, as shocking as that is, it is actually kind of believable because I think so many people have observed the Black Lives Matter organization and thought that there was a spiritual component to it for sure. Yeah. Um, the way that it not only took off, which I say took off, but that that is not necessarily true because uh, from 2013 when it first, I guess, started kind of rolling mm-hmm. to 2020, it didn't just take off. It had sort of like this, it lifted up mm-hmm. and then it kind of flanked a little bit. You know what I mean? Kind yeah. of, you know, and then it lifted up again because uh, it came back around as a, at a more opportune time, which is what the <laughs> enemy does. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. So with the country being weakened um, and, you know, a lot of Christians actually weakened as well in the faith um, there was a more opportune time several years later. The first time you start hearing about Black Lives Matter, people are just like, ah, oh, we have to reject the political movements of this organization, um, not looking at the spiritual implications of where the organization stood, mm. right? So in 2015, I wrote about what the organization stands for. And right. and I did deep dive research. I'm joking. <laughs> I just went to their website, guys. Exactly. That's all I did. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. It makes me feel better to say, man, I did some... But well, I didn't. I just went to their website. Most. I mean, some yeah. people didn't even, you know, bother no, to true. do that. So. And I say, and I, the reason I say that <laughs> tongue in cheek is because it wasn't that hard. Right. That was not even heavy. They lifting. weren't trying to hide anything. And they, ex- that's exactly my point. Yeah. That is exactly my, my point is that in plain sight, they were talking about what they stood for. That's right. So for me in 2015, I wrote an article about this and I said that the organization Black Lives Matter is incompatible with biblical Christianity. Why? Because it seeks to dismantle the family because it wants to uplift homosexuals and people who are confused about their gender identity. These, among other reasons, uh, Christians cannot stand with this organization. Right. But in August Mm -hmm. and then twice in September, Mm -hmm. our brother Abraham Hamilton, III revealed on his program um, that which I think sort of lit a match mm-hmm. under Christians. Yeah. And I think like nothing else, it rallied believers yes. to pray because it left nothing to the imagination um, as far as the spiritual component of this organization right. and its founder, mm-hmm. one of its founders, mm-hmm. if, if not all three, I don't know, because, but for sure Patrice Colors. Because even at that point, you know, you, you had some of uh, some Christians that were like, well, you know, I don't really get what the political thing but mm-hmm. the sentiment and and all of that still is right and so i'm yep. going to continue to say this and i'm going to continue to do the hashtags but i think when this was revealed i know mm-hmm. i know so because i know some christians that have said that this Huge was impact. the this was the thing that was like oh man yep. no oh nah. we're not with that oh right. no 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 <laughs> we're not yeah we're not about to partake in, <laughs> right. in new orleans we're not about to partake <laughs> in no witchcraft right, right that's not what that ain't about to happen and i think the same thing maybe not communicated just you said it the way you said how you live okay, where you live wherever you're from mm-hmm. but you basically said Okay, I'm not down with that. Right. right. I'm not. Christians are not adopting that. Right. And so what I believe what happened additionally, I will tell you for sure in my own life personally um, and specifically, I prayed um, specific prayers for our brother Abraham and his yeah. family. Yeah. Specifically, my heart was burdened. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart was moved. And I prayed consistently following that expose 
because I know that whenever Christians are exposing the deeds of darkness in that way, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, excuse the expression, purely spiritual. OK, mm-hmm. like that. It was it was you know, you could not ignore that it was spiritual. And so whenever Christians are doing that kind of work, there will be direct attack on those believers. That's right. Right. Man. When 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 you're doing that, you, you've got to think about what the Bible lays out. Yeah. And, and even we, we man, Christians overlook what God is expressly saying to us in the word, because sometimes there is an account or there is a narrative that we're reading. And so we get caught up in the story. Mm -hmm. But when Paul is exposing darkness, right? Mm -hmm. When he's exposing demonic forces, that's when his, his life is at greatest risk. Mm -hmm. That's when they want it. They're like, we're going to kill him. Yeah. You understand that? So when our brother Abe, did this expose and it aired three times on his show. I mean, it was shared so many times. Uh, We did an action alert that came from here uh, that was shared Mm -hmm. and sent so many different places. I mean, tens of thousands of views, maybe hundreds of thousands of views at this point that causes a ripple effect. And I'm going to tell you what the, the chief effect of something like that is. It's that Christians pray. They're like, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And those of us who are discerning, who understand the times, mm-hmm. who understand what happens in a realm that we cannot yeah, see, yeah. that's when we hit our knees, proverbially and, speaking. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what else happened uh, during that time because I saw some of the comments. There were Christians repenting. <laughs> you know? And there, that was a repentance. That was like, well, man, Glory Lord, forgive God. me for, yeah. you know? And I saw it. I was like, man, praise God, you know? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so all of this has a net effect mm-hmm. that the Lord works on behalf of believers crying out to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now this is, this can be real. Like people, some Christians can get uncomfortable with this, but you got to understand the Bible is not uncomfortable with this. Mm. All right. The scriptures are not uncomfortable with teaching Christians that we battle in a realm that we cannot see. That's not look, come on now. That's, <laughs> the enemy wants you to think that that's not real, mm-hmm. right? So that you keep battling in all of your strength and then just keep getting all of your results. That's fine. Just keep getting all of your results. But if we want God to intervene on our behalf, then we will recognize, acknowledge, and take seriously what the word of God says about spiritual battles. So what's my point? I think we have enough time, Will the Great, mm-hmm. to air the clip here okay. just to remind our listeners of what our brother Abe exposed on the Hamilton Corner back in August. And then again, in September, it was picked up by the Christian post. It Mm -hmm. was shared. People were watching videos and sharing videos created quite the stir. Um, And then we'll talk about what we believe happened as a result of that. Roll it. You're going to find that Dr. Abdullah and Patrice Cullors talks about summoning the spirits of the dead, using the power of the spirits of the dead in order to give them the ability to do what they're calling the so-called justice work. You're going to find that what they're describing is their adherence to the Yoruba religion of Ifa or Ifa, to where they are summoning dead spirits. If you think I'm laughing, because you might have heard many people saying, oh, you're making all of this noise about Black Lives Matter. It's just a hashtag. Oh, really? Listen to clip number four. This is Patrice Cullors. It's a very important practice. hashtags are for us are way more than a hashtag it is um literally almost resurrecting a spirit so they can work through us to get the work that we need to get done i started to feel 
personally connected and responsible and accountable to them, um, both from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place. And um, always, you know, in, our, in, in my tradition, you offer things that, that your loved one who passed away would want, you know, um, whether it's like honey or tobacco, things like that. And that's, it's so important, not just for us, to be in direct relationship to our people who've passed, but also for them to know they've, we've remembered them. Um, I, I believe so many of them work through us. Mm. Now, in case you're wondering who that is speaking, that is Patrice Colors, co-founder of the Black Lives Matter organization, the same one you just heard saying, we are trained Marxists. She is describing that, oh, you thought it was just a hashtag. It's more than hashtags. We are summoning our people from the dead. She said, in our tradition. What tradition is that? Where you offer things to people, and as a result of summoning them so frequently, we begin to develop a relationship where I become close with them. See, you thought it was just a hashtag. How many of the people that are turning out for these rallies, these marches, how many of them do you think know that is more than a hashtag. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, listen, Man. that was, I think, chilling for so many Man. Christians. I think so many believers um, took to their knees in prayer. Mm -hmm. I think so many believers were sharing this, talking about yeah. it among themselves and saying, hey, um, I think we may have been <laughs> misinformed. Yes. We need to regroup. Uh, and as you pointed out, Will the Great, we need to repent. Yeah. You know, we need to do things differently here. But I'm going to tell you. There is nothing that compares to the people of God praying. Amen. You can do a lot of stuff and you'll get some results, right? But I'm telling you, God shows us his track record. If you read the scriptures, and that's why we've also got to be a reading people, right? You read the word of God. God is revealing himself to us. He wants us to know who he is. Mm -hmm. He is the God who will stack odds against himself to display his greatness, right? To show who he is. Remember Gideon? Mm -hmm. Now nah, you got too many people. <laughs> ah, you still got too many people. Right. And then even with that, what does he do? He confuses the Midianites and they turn on themselves. Like, I mean, yeah. like it, it, even with all of that. Right. And so what I'm saying today is when you read the headlines and you read the headlines in light of what you know to be true of God and what happens when people pray, you give God glory because you see that the Lord is working. The headline is the Black Lives Matter organization is experiencing an internal revolt, an internal Revolt. Mm, sound like Midian, Midianites. It sounds like the Midianites. <laughs> All right. Well, we will unpack this. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Don't don't train your sights on the people of God. You understand when you have man, when you've got an uprising and it's threatening the church, it's threatening the body of Christ, it's causing division, it's causing factions. Mm. And then believers turn to prayer and start to seek the Lord. Look, I know, I know of several different relationships that have been affected 
by the rise of Black Lives Matter. They have yeah. been affected. Yeah. Relationships have been destroyed. Friendships that they've had for years. Now, all of a sudden, I don't trust you. Mm. Oh, I, I can't. No, I don't. I don't know where you're coming from. Oh, no, no. Right. And so what we have is all kind of turmoil and disarray. And why? Because there are spiritual implications um, connected or spiritual implications associated mm -hmm. with this organization and yeah. people who are its adherents. I mean, there's no other way to say that. So welcome back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that was Believers by Path of Revelation. So this show um, is We Destroy Arguments, and it comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, where basically give you some background, and then we'll look at the political story, right? Mm -hmm. um, but basically what Paul is doing is he is correcting the Corinthians in chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. He's correcting them because basically they have submitted themselves to these quote-unquote super apostles who have been critical of Paul, right? They have, they have used persuasive language and communication, and they are causing these Christians to go after them. And you'll remember from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians how, you know, he's like, oh, but I was not like these other apostles. I didn't treat you like this, but maybe I should, you know? And he's defending um, his apostleship is what he's doing. But what he does in this passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, verses 3 through 5, and I'll just read it here. Paul writes, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. So Paul basically is correcting these Corinthians and he's telling them that they and remember it's Christians. He's writing to Christian Corinthians. OK, they have submitted themselves to a knowledge that would puff itself up against the knowledge of Christ. And basically, Paul is saying we are destroying all of that. And we'll break yeah. down a little bit later uh, looking at some of the Greek. One of my favorite things to do in studying the word of God to look at some of the Greek there. Um, this is what we do, not only as we pray, but as we take a stand for righteousness in the culture. Mm. We are demolishing we are destroying vain arguments that would exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. When you've got an organization that demands full acceptance, everybody's got to agree with us 100% say exactly what we're saying. If not, you're hateful, you're racist, their words, um, then that is threatening to the body of Christ. That's and we've right. already seen the effects of that. That's right. But then when believers rally and do like what our brother Abraham did, exposing what is going on with these organizations, what's what the motives are, of these people who are um, affiliated with this, I say affiliated, that's kind of light, who are <laughs> leading it. Yeah. Who are leading it, right? Oh, yeah. Then what happens is the body of Christ responds and then God goes to work, right? Man, and, and I don't mean to say that uh, disrespectfully. I don't mean that to sound flippant, but truly the Lord intervenes on behalf of his people, mm. right? Because people have been hurting because of the lies and the deception coming from this organization mm -hmm. where you can't say that anarchy is wrong. <laughs> so Christians are battling Christians because you cannot say that lawlessness is opposition to God. And so when you say these things, then people are coming at you saying you don't love people who don't look like you. And so the body of Christ is hurting. But what happens when we pray? Well, headlines like this. And here we go. And I, I may may read more of this article than I normally would um, traditionally. But I think it's worth it. This is from Politico. The headline, Black Lives Matter power grab 
sets off internal revolt. (laughs) All right. And here we go. The Black Lives Matter movement is buckling under the strain of its own success. That's not why it's buckling. (laughs) That's that's not why it's buckling. It's going to take me six years to read this article. If I keep doing that, (laughs) I will try not to. But keep it moving. You, you, you tune in for the commentary. You can read the article yourself. You could. I know all you can read. Right. All right. Here we go. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is buckling under the strain of its own success with tensions rising between local chapters and national leaders over the group's goals, direction and money. Yes. Mm. Yes. Because whenever money is involved, man, come on, then there's an even stronger stronghold. Right. There's just something about the love of money. It is, as the scriptures point out, the root of all kinds of evil. That's right. The love of money. From the beginning, Black Lives Matter was a grassroots effort born in the streets with no central hierarchy. Mm, No, that's from the beginning. That was the guys. Right. From the beginning, that's That's how it was presented. (laughs) But it always had a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. It always had an objective goal and a place that it was trying to go. It said it on the website. Listen to Patrice Colors and and they would tell tell you, yes, for sure. It was on the website. Train Marxists. Train Marxists. (laughs) The idea to keep power concentrated in the hands of its members, the people. Now, they say from the beginning, it was a grassroots organization with no clear hierarchy, no leadership. So all of these different people who are fighting the good fight, okay? All of these people have the same amount of power. Do you sense a type of an animal farm here? Mm. It's a, so everybody, we're all the same. We're all equal. But you just have to wait until they watch and they spot the pigs walking on their hind legs, <laughs> all right? The pigs eventually will be walking on their hind legs. So here we go. That's changing. The article continues. After a summer of protests that made Black Lives Matter a household name, those atop the movement are making a series of moves to alter its power structure. <laughs> mm. Wait, wait. <laughs> That's what they always do. Like, it's this almost isn't a story because this is just what happens. Yeah. Right. The people who are at the top who say, no, 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 we're all the same here. Like there's no we don't have any hierarchy here. Like those people always ensure that they stay at the top, it's, but yeah. just go undetected by the people at the bottom. It's human sinful nature. I was not just going to say human nature. It's human right. sinful <laughs> nature. That's exactly right. Which I mean, you know, people this makes them uncomfortable. But will I mean, those things are synonyms. The human nature is sinful. Oh, yeah. Like because oh, yeah. of Adam, we are all infected. Right. Amen. Like. So when so you you know it's like you know our human nature, if if not affected by the cross of Christ, is sinful. That's right. Right. That's our default setting. So st- sticking with that default. All right. <laughs> now here we go. They're making a move, several moves to alter Black Lives Matter's power structure. They're organizing a political action committee, forming corporate partnerships. And might I add, very lucrative ones, Mm -hmm. adding a third organizing arm and demanding an audience with Joe Biden. Yeah, this is this is what's happening at the national level. Go ahead, Willie Gray. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just reading along with you and saying, yeah, that's what they're doing. Okay, right. It's all like this is okay. So now here's what's interesting to me about that description of what is happening with the national BLM Mm -hmm. um, organization. Okay, what's interesting to me is that the restructuring that they're doing sort of confirms for every Christian who said, no, they're not doing what they say they're doing. This confirms it. Why? Because they are adding a third organizing arm. In other words, the third arm that they are adding to their national organization is supposed to be the grassroots wing of it. 
Okay, which that was supposed to be that it all was that grassroots movement where you have all these chapters. No, but now because BLM has set itself apart and it's becoming (laughs) as is evident, as is visible, more political. It's always been that. Okay, its aims, its aims have always been political. All right. But now it's more evident. It's more obvious. People can see it. So because of that, they are establishing a third arm that is more of the grassroots that they once tried to hide behind. That's going to actually be the grassroots. Mm. (laughs) Guys. Okay, maybe it's just (laughs) anyways. The moves have triggered mutiny in the ranks. Somebody highlight that mutiny in the ranks. Ten local chapters are severing ties with the Black Lives Matter Global Network as the national leadership is known. They are furious that Patrice Cullors, its remaining co-founder, the other two, by the way, um, I'm going to use the word ousted. Um, Maybe that's (laughs) not the case, but they are no longer affiliated with the BLM Global Network. Mm -hmm. Anyways. All right. So here we go. Patrice Cullors, um, the remaining co-founder named herself executive director of the group <laughs> made and made all of these mm. decisions without the group's input. Mm. <laughs> the mm. Dead giveaway. Yeah. Dead Charles, giveaway. Yeah. Charles, thank you very much. Dead I mean, she's, she's the face. <laughs> she's making the rounds. She's writing the books. She's doing the interviews. I mean, she's summoning the spirits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to that. lump it all together, but I mean, that's pretty much, that's, the, that's her job description. All right. It's like, what <laughs> What do you do? Well, I'm the executive director and chief summoner of spirits. Man. <laughs> okay. Yikes. Let's not just be a little bit alarmed mm. by that, right? Anyway, she's making all these decisions, and that's a move that to some signaled a rebuke of its leaderful structure. So that word leaderful structure was how BLM formally characterized itself, meaning that we have a collection of leaders, we have a bunch of people who are empowered to make decisions and empowered to do whatever it is that it, it takes for them to have change in their local areas. So everybody has equal say. That was the, initially their posture. But Patrice Culler said, um, but, you know, but still, I'm above y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all are all leaderful. I'm the leader of the leaderfuls. That's what <laughs> and that's <laughs> I'm the leaderist of all is what. Anyways, this is Animal Farm. Right. And what the local chapters who are willing to say something publicly, what the local chapters are saying is that this is overreaching. This is not what this was originally supposed to be. We thought we were trying to help people. Now, what are you doing with the 13 million dollars that by the Mm. end of June you had raised? Yeah. Well, these 10 local chapters that signed on to this open letter. Right. Said that. You guys are out here making power grabs and restructuring and doing all of that. You guys are swimming in money. And we've got people who are working at the local level who can't even afford gas and food. That's in the article, folks. <laughs> we got people at the local level can't even afford gas. And this is if this this is Animal Farm. Yeah, this is Animal Farm. And now you've got these local chapters who are saying, hold up a second. This is not what we you. So so now you, you're forming a political action group or committee, a political action committee. Now you're doing that. Right. And so it's causing problems. It's causing a, 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 a fracturing of this once, <laughs> if ever, solid organization. <laughs> 
where there's even discussion over, well, so if we break off from BLM Global, do we do we still get to use the name? <laughs> these these local these local chapters are saying, now nah, we keeping the name. Mm. Why? Because there's there's a lot that, you know, you can do with it. You've yeah. already established it as something right. that is, you know, something. Right. And people cannot contest something that is something. So these people, they're like in the, the article even says this. One of the one of the leaders of of, uh, of one of the chapters says, yeah, we're, we're keeping the Black Lives Matter name no matter what they do globally. <laughs> Black Lives Matter global. No matter what they do, we're keeping the name. It's like Tina Turner and Ike Turner, how <laughs> she fought. <laughs> she fought to keep her name. Right. Black Lives Matter. It's saying we got to keep the name because the name is a big deal. The name gets us into places that other things, you know, could not. Yeah. Because because if I want to remember, because if I want to challenge Black Lives Matter, remember, I had to go through a whole dissertation uh, explaining why I love black people. Right. I had to go through a whole dissertation and, and make sure that people understand that I am not given to partiality uh, according to skin color or based on skin color. Why? Because the name Black Lives Matter is almost sort of like an impenetrable fortress. Mm. It's a it's an impenetrable fortress that if someone stands behind that moniker, Black Lives Matter, that's the name of the organization. If somebody stands behind that impenetrable fortress, you can't say anything to them. Because why? Black Lives Matter. And then they say it's a sentiment. But the organization is what they hide behind. <laughs> if you challenge the organization, then they they push a button and it's the sentiment that you're challenging. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when you start explaining that it's not the sentiment, they've already pushed the button back and they're operating as an organization again. These people don't care. That's why you remember we had the conversation here on the show where we're like, look, I'm not playing this game. We're not saying Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, what are you going to say? Well, what did we say before 2013, 2015? What did we say before 2020? What did we say? Right. We said that people are made in the image of God and they have inherent value because of that. We didn't need an organization to get there. That's right. Go listen to our series of shows where the church does not need the world and the church does not have the problems that the world has. And if we have issues that arise among us, then we actually have a manual for that. It's a problem with people who, you know, set up electronics and throw out the manual. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what's going on with it. Mm. And then you're, you know, you're online searching for it. Look, I know. <laughs> how <laughs> Surely do you know? they have this manual somewhere <laughs> to tell us how to work this thing. Oh, man. The church has her manual. Mm-hmm. We have the book that tells us how to govern ourselves as believers. Back to the article. Two of its three co-founders are no longer affiliated with the movement, even as they continue to represent BLM on TV. Local Black Lives Matter activists say national leaders cut them off from funding and decision making, leaving them broke and taking the movement in a direction with which they fundamentally disagree. (laughs) Because it was never about you people. Mm -hmm. It was never about you local chapter leaders. We just needed the strength of numbers. I told you. It was an illusion. (laughs) Man, I told the people of God. This organization and others like it are using Christians for strength of numbers and will turn around and eat us. Be <laughs> warned. They've already started munching on their chapter leaders. What do you think is going to happen to the Christians? They've already started munching. They're snacking on the chapter leaders. They're eating them, basically. $13 million. 
corporate sponsors, money hand over fist, and people can't buy gas. This is Animal Farm. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. There is power in the name Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 again. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. In verse 4 there. Those strongholds, those strong, that's a military term there. That's a military term, a strong walled fortress. So the apostle Paul is literally telling the Corinthians that we demolish false arguments that a person might use as a shelter Mm. or a safe place. (laughs) Is it not true that people hid behind the BLM movement, Mm -hmm. right? You can do it and say whatever you want. Because when you come and try to challenge me, I'm going to call you racist. Oh, come on. Come on. Vice President Pence. Don't you want to just say it? Come on. Come on. You want to say it? You want to say Black Lives Matter? Eh, you know, I'm not going to. That's what Pence. He, eh, you know, I'm I Listen, listen. Okay. Man, and that's why that's that's why I don't handle people's PR at all. Okay. That's, like, that's my that's my degree, but I never used it. Why? Because I would just say, you know what, <clears throat> Vice President Pence? Tell them. No, I'm just kidding. You can't do that. You got to you got to be like Mike Pence in this. You got to uh, listen. All, all, all lives have value. Man, and we were over it. We were over it. We played for you several clips where you got the people that just, hey, can you just say it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to say it? Will you just say Black Lives Matter? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's attached to motives. It's attached to objectives. It's a fortress. It's a stronghold of thought. That wicked men and women were hiding behind and still are in some instances, those who have not, you know, come into the fullness of the knowledge of God. Let me just say it that way to understand that there are wicked and evil forces driving this organization. And I'm I'm not saying that jokingly. There are wicked and evil forces driving those who founded this organization and by extension, the organization. So what is Paul saying? Paul says we demolish or we destroy arguments and strongholds, strong walled arguments, a fortress in which one might seek to hide. Paul is saying we destroy those kinds of arguments. The ones that people run into, they have their argument, they run into it. Hmm. They try to hide in that as if it's a safe space. And that's, we saw that Mm -hmm. you can't even talk about this organization. It's untouchable. But then Paul doesn't stop there. You know, when he's talking about these arguments in verse five, we destroy arguments. This is literally how a person reasons. What Paul is saying when he's talking about these arguments, he's talking about the weight that a person assigns to a thing when they determine how they're going to find it reasonable. Mm. So in other words, what makes a person think that this is valuable? 
What, how does a person decide, well, this is my position on an issue. Paul is saying we destroy that. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And I'm telling you that because the body of Christ is praying, has been praying and should continue to pray. We are seeing now what has been happening spiritually, right? This organization is crumbling. Yeah. It's crumbling. This article says under the weight of its own success. I don't believe that. I believe because of the intervention of God. Mm. I believe because the Lord has not lied to us in his word. And look, Ephesians talks about the whole armor of God that we're supposed to put on. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me how we teach our kids to memorize the armor of God. And, and, and look, and, and we're guilty of this. Uh, one of the first books JD read was the armor of God um, for kids or um, by Tony Evans, mm -hmm. the kids yeah. book, and he loved it, yeah. man, you know, and, and uh, one of our brothers in the Lord, Devin actually um, gave him that book as a yeah. gift that came with the full armor yeah. that you put on. Yeah. But you know, what's so interesting about that is that there is an intangible part of the armor in that description that Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians that we often overlook myself included, but it's so important. And I think it has bearing on the discussion that we're even having today. When Paul writes about this armor that we put on that we all put on this armor and um, let's see, I'm, I'm, uh, Ephesians chapter six, I'm just going to start at verse 14 stand. Therefore um, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the, uh, take up the shield of faith uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And look, verse 18, we can't leave that off. Verse 18 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then our brother Paul wrote, and also for me, mm. listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen. And though we have all of these spiritually, and, and this is weird, I'm going to say it, but I think you'll get what I mean. These spiritually tangible pieces of our armor, all right? Helmet, breastplate, sword, shoes, all of those things. Then there is, again, spiritually intangible. I know that sounds weird and I can understand. But prayer yeah. is basically what is poured over all of the armor, mm. right? So we are, we are working, we are doing things. All right. There is, there is effort, human effort on our part, but that's not what wins the victory. The scripture says that the horse is made ready for battle, mm -hmm. but the victory lies with the Lord. That's right. So we have on all of this armor and yes, I mean, and spiritually speaking, but it's prayer that makes a difference. Mm. It's prayer that gives success. Even when you don the armor, mm -hmm. So we look at Black Lives Matter destroying the church. And I'm not going to say that with any apology. We look at BLM destroying the church. Headed toward Marxist goals and objectives and Christians out there marching saying, well, I'm marching for the sentiment. And, and Patrice Cullors and all of the other, you know, with the millions upon millions, they're <laughs> saying, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Keep doing that. Keep marching for the sentiment. And what are they doing? Moving closer and closer toward their goals and, object and objectives. In fact, so much so because of their Marxist ideology, realizing that they need power and realizing that their power is in their politics, 
now they've actually got to restructure BLM <laughs> to include activism. Mm. Well, I thought that's what y'all were. Right. I thought. I mean, I thought activism was your thing. Now you got a special arm of activism in BLM. I thought BLM was activism. No. And so what the local chapters are doing is they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, you got political aspirations. And they're like, we, we thought that we were genuinely trying to help people. We, we actually did drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> right? And so now you, I'll tell you what should not be the case. Christians should not be taking a step back going, whoa, whoa. Christians should be saying, yep, the Lord will not leave us in the dark. Amen. The Lord will not leave us in the dark. You know, people were upset when we said, yeah, we're not saying Black Lives Matter anymore. And then given we're not even trying to qualify. We're not doing it. We're out. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> Shark Tank. Uh, I'm out. I'm going to have to pass on that. And, and guess what? And I didn't feel bad about it then because, man, I'm telling you, discernment will take us as believers further than our own natural senses will. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't feel bad about it then. And I'm feeling even better about it now. <laughs> I mean, look at this. I'm going to go back to the article here. And as the Black Lives Matter movement grows in influence with millions in donations and celebrity endorsements, local organizers argue that they're the ones in the streets pushing for change and they're not getting their due. Quote, there's been intentional erasure, end quote, of local activists, said Sherry Dickerson, lead organizer with BLM Oklahoma City. Quote, People assume that the money is distributed to local chapters. That is not the case. People also assume that when actions are made, that national leadership has the support and agreement from this collective, that what they're saying is representative of us. And that's certainly not the case. In other words, they're saying we don't even agree with some of the things that they're (laughs) saying and doing at the national level. Right. But we signed up for this because, you know, (laughs) Miki's commentary. Y'all didn't pray about it. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't ask the Lord if you should be doing that. With colors at its helm, BLM this year positioned itself as a new leader in activism and wait for it, politics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the forefront of the national reckoning on race. That's a great line, girl. You wrote that. After forming the PAC, which helped fund its ad campaigns to mobilize black voters, it formalized its third arm, Black Lives Matter (laughs) grassroots to focus entirely on activism. (laughs) Because in the words of Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Y'all, it's it's it is um it's too rich to ignore. It's just too rich to ignore. We don't have time for activism. We're trying to make political gains because remember, we are trained Marxist. Mm -hmm. Right? We 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 don't have time for grassroots activism. I mean, you know, all right. But the spotlight on these changes is now exposing fractures in its operation and leadership structures as its ground troops go public with their complaints. In fact, I was reading this article in the interest of time. I'll summarize a little bit more of it. Um, Some of the local organizers, BLM, local organizers are saying things like, man, we wanted to go public with this months ago and we're told, no, just talk with Patrice. Uh, mm. colors and, and mm-hmm. just try to, you know, try to reason. And they're like, no, we couldn't even, we, we can't even really make contact with her. <laughs> right. They don't, they don't care about what we have to say. So now we're going to say, we're going public. We're going to expose that y- you got millions of dollars in your coffers and we're not getting any of it. We're not able to do what it is that we signed on to do. And you know, they didn't really sign on to. <laughs> right. Right. 
All right. I know we got about five minutes left in the show. Let's open the phone lines. Maybe we can squeeze in one or two calls. Tomorrow is our gumbo show, so we'll get in many more. Um, 888-589-8840 if you want to comment on what we're talking about today. 888-589-8840. We destroy arguments. That's Mm. the discussion. That's the topic. We demolish strongholds. It's not in our own strength. It's not because we're so smart. Look, I don't, I'm not, I didn't reject BLM because I'm so smart. I am prayerful. I'm seeking the Lord. When things like this pop up on scene, I don't just reject it outright because it's politically incompatible with my views. That's going to pass away, people. When I'm looking at these things, I'm going, well, hold on a second. I mean, you know, is there a reason that this might, you know, bring dishonor to the Lord? Mm Mm-hmm. And then when you come up on that reason and you're like, oh, whoa, you got you got to be out. You got to be done with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, members have brought this up as early as 2016, talking about the frustration over the uh, (laughs) distribution of the funds and things like that. I'm sorry. Will agree. You were going to say something. Oh, no, no. I'm just thinking about this article and what's being exposed here. You know, you could see. Where, like you're saying, it's it's more than just their success has caused them, you know, to begin the fracture. Man, in, this organization has uh, spiritual things <laughs> in its foundation. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those people who say that we not we're not a part of all of that, what they're saying and doing, mm-hmm. are some. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are like, man, we're not, you know, summoning spirits to and all this kind of stuff right like you no, know i think you're right but they don't know that they are under that same you know that's right umbrella because when this you're is, marching out and telling people say exactly, their names and chant their, their names, names yeah you know yeah. but i think with all the stuff that has come out about this organization i think some of those people in those local chapters are like nah not us now nah, we're not we're not trying to do that you know but man here, here we are you know i you mean are it's just amazing i'm telling you it's just amazing to me and it, it blows my mind that you know You've got people, they've, they've got merch, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of fundraising things that are, the, that are going on and, and people who are involved in this. We know, you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord who are vocal. They have a platform within the Christian community and they're using that to tout BLM and mm-hmm. using BLM as the litmus test. Do you agree? Will you say BLM? And if you don't say BLM, then you're racist. And Christians are adopting this. Right. Christians are right. adopting this. Right. And and then you have all of this stuff that is revealed. You have our brother Abraham who does this amazing expose mm-hmm. where it's like, dude, I mean, what is left for us to explore? That's, you know, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> how, how much louder right. does the spirit of God need to be in telling us and in warning us about what is happening Man, that, in the culture? That shows you a lot of the dullness, you know. Of, of the of the church, because even with all of that and some people have heard, you know, uh, Abraham's expose and all this kind of stuff. And it's still like, well, but still, you know, it's still the sentiment. So I think we're dealing with a dullness that's really, you know, manifested, you know, and it's like, man, it, it's almost like I don't care what's brought out. And I think we're dealing with idolatry as well. Skin yeah. color idolatry. Yes, for sure. For sure, and absolutely exalted above your identity in Christ. That's right. That's right. Skin color and the worship of it. That's right. We have seen, like, probably in no time recent, we have seen that in the church, exalted above who Christ is. Right. Right? I mean, and this is why, think about this is what Paul is saying to the Corinthians tearing down these these vain thoughts that would exalt themselves above the knowledge of Christ. Mm hmm. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you, I know that we've run out of time and we can't get to the callers who called in. I apologize for that. But we'll open the phone lines up from the beginning of the show tomorrow and you can call in. That's a recap day usually. We can talk about everything that we've talked about this week, including this story from today. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.